Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello and welcome to HR After Hours podcast. The only HR podcast is Site Mad Magazine is a reputable source on a consistent ah. basis. Hannah yeah. Hampton, how are you doing today? I'm good. That's a that's a good start. Uh, I'm. If you heard me laughing at the beginning, um, Hannah's getting a little been getting a little sassy today. So uh, you know her, her good friend Mick uh, doesn't like her anymore. <laughs> now, now I wouldn't say that I don't like you anymore. I just think sometimes you're a little uh, a little more palatable than others. Ah, I'm not so, everyone. Ask your doctor if Hannah's right for you. <laughs> so this is our first new recording in 2024. Yes. Happy belated New Year's to you. Holy crap. Sorry. I'm like, it just blows me away that it's 2024. I, I feel like we're living in the future, but not really. I know. Where are my flying cars? I, yeah. I'm getting... I'm going to go watch Back to the Future 2 later and just revel in that vision of the future. I don't know. I love, I'm not going to lie, one of my favorite things is on YouTube is watching those old movies, especially the mid-century ones, where it's like, the, here are the cars of the future, and here's transportation in the future. And I love the optimism and ideals of where we're going to be. And we're not even close at this point, but it's still fun to uh, revel in it. I loved when you know, our, our childhood cartoons would do spoofs on those as well. And they didn't do them enough. Like I, the second one of those would come on TV, I just like light up as a kid, like, oh, these are the fun ones. And I like them even more today. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. I love it when it's done a little tongue in cheek. You know what? The kitchen of the future is the you best. When we're when we're done here, Mick, I'll send you to the link to my favorite one that makes me happy as an apology for being sassy. How's that? That sounds fantastic. And, <laughs> you know, if you want to make sure that I really enjoy it and forgive you, forward a link with boobies. That, that always works as well. And Mick starts off 2024 with a sexual harassment lawsuit filed by his co-worker, Hannah Hampton. Oh, we're we're so, going to have fun today. This is going to be fun. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think we're going to try to have fun, but the article that we're going to cover today is not very fun. It's something that kind yeah. of grinds my gears, as Ooh, Peter yeah. Griffin would say. And Oh, I like when we grind your gears. I see. I did the sassiness, which is to get you all grindy and geary and mad. So maybe it was just part of a It was a ploy. <laughs> so, Hannah. Mm, yes. Tell me about the article that you found in yes. HR Dive that's uh, got Our favorite, me... HR Dive. Yes. It's got, yeah, it's got my boxers in a bunch. Oh, sure. So I liked this article. I don't know if it's like we never learn or we're always going to be the same. It's called Sick Shaming Persists Survey Shows Even After COVID. So it's saying that uh, the highlight here, the, the headline, Many managers suspect workers lie about sick time, encourage sick workers to come into the office, and admit to shaming work workers for their illnesses. And this is from a resume builder survey. So they surveyed managers about sick time. So we've learned nothing from COVID, I guess. Or I wouldn't say we've learned nothing, but 
uh, some managers have learned nothing from the COVID pandemic and certainly are are allowing or shaming their their teams into coming to the office sick because they don't believe them, which we'll unpack that one later. But, you know, Mick, tell me a little bit, what was your initial thought when I shared this article with you? Why are your panties in a bunch? <laughs> so I'll tell you, and today it's boxers. It's okay. Not- it's not frisky Friday for the love of goodness, <laughs> but in, in all honesty, it's, it's funny. I kicked off 2024 being sick. Uh, I actually started feeling uh, sick December 30th, made the mistake of going out. I go out during the day on new year's Eve. That's how mm-hmm. old I am. And <laughs> I went out with some friends and had brunch and watched the football game, knowing that I already started, wasn't starting to feel well. So Uh-oh. first off, that's a shame on me because that's something I get on other people about. <laughs> I was basically sick the first 10 days of the year. They, some of these, a couple of these strands that are going around, people are out a week, you know, and I think I would have probably only been sick four or five days if mm-hmm. I didn't try to do things like start up doing a little work and from my yeah. home office even. I should have just laid down and, and had my fluids. And- I just recently had someone that was supposed to meet me for uh, a brunch and they had been sick a couple of days ago and I was like, assuming we were canceled. And the night before they were like, Hey, I, I'm still on for, for Friday. And I was like, are you sure? Are you patient zero? I can't afford to be yeah. sick again. Yeah. And I have the same approach about the office. I would rather have someone who is maybe slightly a hypochondriac or just has a little case of the, the Mondays stay home if there's any potential risk for them to come right. into the office and make others sick. Okay. So I feel like we've kind of jumped ahead. So we know your feelings on that. Like stay home if you're sick. Honestly, I feel the same way, but I want to take a, just a jump back. So I went to the resume builder page because I really wanted to see the survey results, the full survey result, results outside of the article. Now here are the key findings. And I think some of these are surprising. So I want to talk about some of these. of managers think workers who take sick days often lie or exaggerate their illness. That's a quarter of managers that responded. One third of managers often ask for medical documentation as proof of illness. So again, requiring proof, not trusting. 20% encourage workers who are feeling ill to still come into the office. 20%. 11% admit to sick shaming workers, so making them feel bad for being sick, which, okay, and we can talk about uh, ADA, we can talk about how wrong that is. You know, some people have illnesses that affect their lives every day. And then 27% of managers believe a culture that encourages sick employees to work is good for productivity. Who are these managers? So. Wait, 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 wait. So they think people coming in sick is good for productivity? It's good for productivity. That is correct. Okay. Like, what world do we live in? Oh, yeah, come in. Let's expose your coworkers to illnesses. You feel like crap. You're probably, you know, ultimately, I feel like that's that's the opposite of reality. Like, when you're sick, you're not going to be as productive. Your body is physically working on fixing itself. So you think about, you know, you think about your your brain power, you think about everything that's happening inside of your body when you're sick. It's exhausting being sick, you're tired, 
you, you know, your brain is foggy, all of these things. How, in what world is it productive other than I think what the manager is thinking, well, if Bobby sees Timmy coming in when they're sick, Bobby's going to come in when sick and I'm not going to have anybody missing days and they're going to continue to make their widgets. But ultimately, I think it just turns into, you know, again, patient zero. You're just asking for your entire floor to get sick. You're asking people to spread freaking COVID to their to their coworkers. We, you and I, we've been doing this podcast. We do it throughout COVID. We've seen how it spreads, and and our new normal is that COVID's going to come back every holiday and kick everyone's asses. And with attitudes like this, it ain't going to stop. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the worst case in there is the shaming you into coming in to work sick, and you're getting other people sick. That is like the ultimate poor company culture bad work environment. Not only are you making someone come in, but you're putting me at risk. I'm, I'm not going to be happy if I work in that office. Oh, hell you know, no. It, part of it is, how do I see things post-COVID as far as people's approach to mm -hmm. the pandemic? And I think there are, in general, three camps. I think okay. the camp that falls into what we're seeing here with the sick shaming these are the the people, I don't want to call them quite COVID deniers, but I'm sure the deniers are in there as well. Sure. But they're the ones who are like, COVID's over, let's move on. You know, everyone's overcompensating. They're all overcompensating. Why are you wearing a mask? That's stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know, that type of a thing. Like that, I, or, or you're oh. calling in sick, come on, don't get, you know, no one has COVID anymore. You know, so it's those guys that are so over it they're being, you know, counterproductive. And, well, you know, you, you have other people like you and I who, and there's different spectrums of this. I think we, we fall in the middle of it, but it's like, okay, so COVID's happened. What can we learn from this? Like you just said, we now know that it or something very similar, a similar strand of what they're calling the flu is going to come back every season. So you're right. that part of that proactive, how can we minimize its impact but still accept that it's there and treat it like any other problem coming with a solution. And then right. I think the third camp is just the, oh, it's over. Nothing's really different camp. So they're the yeah. people that, you know, they just, eh, whatever, do do do. Well, my but question. I, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. I think that everything in this article falls under those that are just like, Almost like the whole, you, you see kids hurt themselves playing softball or baseball, and you hear the parent of the day go, rub some dirt on it, you're fine. Yeah. That's, that's what I think of as that first camp in what we're, we're discussing in this article. Yeah, and I, what I want to I take a, a step back and talk about the 11% of managers who admit, and these are the people who admit it, admit to sick shaming. I feel like that this is a very kind of fine line between bullying like, I can't say it's a hostile work environment because there's so much that goes into that. But like, if you are actively sick shaming somebody, you're sick, I just want to, I want you to come in or don't be, you know, rub some dirt on it. That person, the rub some dirt on it person, like, how is that not borderline bullying? If you feel like shit, you know that, hey, give me one day. And I have a, my boss, my current boss says that his philosophy is if you're sick, take the day to feel better. Don't push yourself to work. Take a day to feel better because you're going to just be worse off trying to force yourself to work. So at what point is that bullying where it's like just rub dirt and it come in and forcing somebody to work through the pain and maybe causing it to, to get worse? Let's get real. You know, your, your immune system 
is connected to, to stress. And if you're stressed out, your immune system is not able to work as hard as it could if you, you know, don't have as much stress, you give your body time to rest, to relax, to recharge. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of bullying. 11% of people out there are like, yeah, I'll bully, bully my employee, make them feel bad because they caught a cold, because they caught COVID, because they have the flu, because they have a stomach bug, whatever. I think that that, like, that's a sad state of corporate America. I don't think that's a stretch at all. I think anytime a manager reacts to a, a, a team member or employee's issues, anything that brings them concern, whether it's physical illness, childcare, new childcare issue developments, et cetera, anytime you react without any form of listening and empathy, I, mm -hmm. I do think you're on the bullying path. I, I don't mm -hmm. think that's a stretch at all. Just reacting without taking any consideration for what the person's really coming to you with. Well, that's not leadership. That's just you saying, this is what I expect of my people. My That's that's the old my way or the highway, you know, mm -hmm. method, which is extremely outdated and un ineffective. I agree with you. Well, basically talking about back to the future, right? People who are acting like managers should act in 2024. We are living in a different world than 20, 30 years ago, even 15 years ago. Let's get real. It's the world, the work world is different. How we interact with people is different. We need managers to manage people today and not have the attitude of, well, when I was in that position, I was, I was in the office 13 hours a day and I, I was sick with this and I worked through this and you know, it's like, yeah, just because you were treated like shit and you're still here today doesn't mean it's okay to treat people that way. A lot of times, you know, there's laws, there's rules. A lot of those get put into place because of people who are just refused to treat people better. One of the other pieces, and this will be the last piece I bring up from the resume builder results was 65% of respondents said more clear sick policies are needed in the workplace so people have a better understanding now i don't know how you feel about this mick but i feel like this is this is hard this is a double-edged sword right if you do a very deep policy where you're outlining all of the various scenarios that can feel a little binding like well if my scenario doesn't fall into what's in here i can't use a sick day but I feel like a lack of clarity also causes issues where you might have one person interpret it as like, you know, I have a splinter in my finger. I'm calling in sick today. And somebody who's like, well, I'm not dying. So I'm going to come to the office type of the things. I don't know if it's necessarily clearer policies, but just setting clear expectations for your teams as to well, what does a sick day look like? Hey, we don't want you to come in when you're contagious. We want you to get better. We care about your well-being. Those 11% sick shamers, that picks a picture. I don't give a crap about you. I wholeheartedly agree. You know, it was funny is we don't give each other hardly any prep time. Normally we pick the topic right before we hit the record button. And so sometimes I'll jot down some things that I'll, I think maybe could be relevant to this. And then usually I do it with the clicky pin and you yell at me because you can hear it and don't want it on the recording. <laughs> But when I looked at this, and I don't think this is like the solution. I think mm -hmm. the solution 
is you know part of leadership training and remember a lot of times if you're internally promoted or you've held a similar title and you're hired for a job you don't get any sort of real leadership training they assume oh my you've goodness already, you've yes. already figured that out or that was part of your business degree or or whatever they're wrong and most people work their way up a ladder and learn things mm. through their mistakes so I, I think better training of leaders, you got to work for a company where they're going to let you roll that kind of policy out. And that's the, uh, its own separate battle. But I was thinking, what's a short fix or a quick mm. fix to something like this? And this would only pertain to jobs where you could do some functions remotely. But let's assume this is a, a brick and mortar, five day a week mm -hmm. in the office position. My go-to possible solution or not solution, but band-aid is maybe your sick policy should include sick days as well as a healthy amount of remote work days mm -hmm. so no that's great yeah if the role is able to be done at home and like i know that could open up a whole other can of worms but certainly encouraging like if you're sick where you're contagious but feel like you still want to do, you know, your work and you can be productive, take a work from home day. Absolutely. Right. And I don't think it should, they should take away the sick days to make these. I think this should be something that if I require you to come in and yes. we're going to go, there's so much this year that's going to be covered about, you know, the hybrid work model. And we've taken a couple early stabs at it and we'll revisit it because it's very different now. I absolutely think, let's say a company gives you, 10 sick days, which is low, you should still give 25 remote days. You know, they could be, hey, I might have something. They could also be, I need a mental health day, but I know I, I've got some stuff to do for work and I'll get it done remotely. So mm -hmm. it, I, I think it should be addition. I don't think it should take away from any existing sick day policies. Agreed. But otherwise, what are you going to do? We, I remember we had a an episode in the last year and a half where I believe it was the CEO of Chipotle at the time made you call a nurse hotline for her to declare oh whether or not you were sick. Like when you were in elementary school and you went to the nurse's office and she decided if you were sick enough to send you home, there was an actual, you know, a leader, a CEO, not mid-level management that thought that was a good idea and implemented it. And that that's a terrible idea. But here, as I alluded to earlier, when it says like, it's like, it's literally, it's the bad managers, it's the bad people that necessitate law changes. And there's a lot of states out there that have enacted laws that require companies provide paid sick leave or just paid leave. And, you know, in the United States, uh, prior to, I feel like prior to COVID, most states, there were no laws that said you had to provide paid time off. So companies would be like, all right, I don't have to, so I'm not gonna, you know, because they only see the bottom line. They don't see like, let's take care of our employees. Let's make sure the people who are taking care of our customers are taken care of. No, it was only about the bottom line, but there are laws out there right now being enacted in states. And I know in the state where I live, there's one that was enacted for this year where it's, yeah, you have to provide paid leave to your employees for any reason. And it could be sick. It could be vacation. It could be a mental health day. All those things are out there. And I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I feel like I don't love the idea of have legislating things to death and having to have to have laws for everything. But, you know, one of the pieces of advice that employment attorneys tell people 
is the law is the floor, not the ceiling. Just because it's legal to not have to provide paid time off doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Well, these laws are being passed so that it does become the floor. Okay, 40 hours of paid sick time is the floor. Maybe give 80, maybe give whatever, make it unlimited, however you want to work it, you know, however you want your policy to work. But it's pretty sad that companies still decide to be like, nope, just come in when you're sick. I'm not going to pay you. I don't care. I don't care if you, you know, you're dying. I feel like gone are the days. I hope that employees are just treated like garbage on the regular. Well, I mean, everything you, you just mentioned, it's that whole, it's that metric manager, someone that's actually looking at the throughput and the productivity. And all I think of every time we start talking about that is your Amazons and your online retailers mm -hmm. where everyone, it's everything's a number and you're just a factor in their throughput. And it's just insane to me. And when you talk about an office setting, if you've got a manager who is so concerned with productivity metrics that they're willing to gamble on typhoid Mary coming in and knocking <laughs> out your yeah. entire workforce. That's not a person that should be leading people. That's someone that needs to be on the robot side of the industry. And yes, those are the type of people that if they're not willing to learn, adjust and change, they're going to become outdated leaders that will eventually be forced out. It's just going to take a lot longer than it should, because I just think we're at a point where because of social media and everyone being, you know, wanting to expose this kind of bad behavior by bosses in corporate America, you can't hide like you could before. Mm -hmm. you could, if you're this kind of tyrannical beast mm. that doesn't care about the health and well-being of your team just to chase a metric you should get exposed on social media. And I hope the video about you goes viral and everyone realizes what a terrible human being and horse's ass you are. And now Hannah's just sauciness is rubbed out on me. Yes. Boom. <laughs> I, I love, I love that. I love what you just said. That was, that was perfect. Think that if leaders haven't learned to look at their team as individuals and people, they are not an effective leader. They, they may hit some short-term metrics. They may get some immediate recognition, but eventually bad boss behavior becomes mm -hmm. exposed and it's going to bite you in the bottom. And hey, you know, you might be the one who gets sick. You might be the one who starts spreading the flu around your family. And then, you know, what about your poor grandma? So just think about grandma. It sounds like the boss that would hire someone, make him report to the office five days a week and work remotely the entire time and not never work, <laughs> never work with them face to face. That's just bad management by bad people. And bad I, think the only, management. I think the only way to be successful anymore is what we've always said at the end of every podcast. And what's that, Anna? Let's put the human back into human resources. Damn Skippy. Hannah Hampton, <laughs> oh, the pleasure. Talk to you later.